maybe get some more um, knickknacks. Yeah, I left the book here because I thought that just, I figured like that was kind of just a cool thing just gonna have in here. Well, my, my desk is chock full of nonsense. Just full of garbage. I mean, you've been playing with that dinosaur for months. I know. I need to get, uh, I need to get a little baby skid steer in here that I can play with. Yeah, a little, little thing to worry about. I, I have one that's new in a little tin on my desk that I've, I've been wanting to bring in here. But if I brought it in here, nothing would get done. So I've deliberately not brought it in. It would, it would be really bad. <laughs> so, but Aaron, yeah, I, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, we, we. We'll get a few other things in here to make it a little bit more homey. Yeah. I think we need to break it in a little bit more. If you have anything to send us. Please do. I mean, for the podcast studio. <laughs> you know, for the, the, the we'll folks that anything. have sent us things, that it's spilled all over the office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why my desk is full of stuff. Yeah. It's full of things people have sent me. But if there's anything you'd like to send us for the podcast studio, we will happily take it. 1400 Adam Street. Number 202, Nashville, Tennessee, 37208. There it is. Send it on down. Come see Whether us, it's bring it, an old, mail it. You know, a hat, old tractor, whatever you want. Send it our way. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dirk Talk Podcast Monday edition. I am here. I am, I guess, let me introduce myself. <laughs> you are here. It's true. Hello. It's Aaron Witt here with my friend, Alex Horton. Howdy, y'all. And we are excited to be talking to you today because we did not podcast last week. We didn't. You were all around the world. Well, mostly uh, in Florida. All around Florida, <laughs> but around Florida. Well, yeah. you know, a lot of people would say that Florida it could be its own country and then has its own uh, very specific different states in the state of Florida. It's crazy. It is crazy how different Florida is. Because mm-hmm. we, okay, so we started in the Florida Keys to go visit Charlie Topino. They've been down there for over 100 years. Just a wild business. They've built just about everything in the Keys. That's pretty cool. Just about everything there. And so we start at Key West, we work all the way up the Keys, and then go to Miami to visit North American Mining, then go to West Palm Beach to go to another North American Mining site. Then we go to Melbourne, which is by the U.S. Space Force, apparently. We saw the sign. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. United States Space Force Base. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And then Cape Canaveral's there where they shoot Mm -hmm. rockets off. Sure. And I didn't actually know that was, that's where it was until we saw it oh, wow, this is where stuff really goes down. Yeah. Or it used to go down back when we still had a space program. Sure. And I'm going to the Space Force now just in case we ever get attacked space by force. a space. Yeah, yep. Space Force. So we saw a drilling job with Earthview there. Then we shot over to Orlando, spent the night in Orlando, went to Wildwood to see Hughes Brothers. They were moving about a million and a half yards of dirt uh, a month on this massive subdivision with 349s. So not massive machines, just Mm-mm. 349. Just going after it it's nonstop. Sick. Then we went from there over to Ritchie Brothers, south of Orlando, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. go preview the Orlando auction, which is happening um, February 20th, around there. Yeah. I think that week, maybe 21st. Mm-hmm. That week, whatever that week is, the 20-something of February is when Orlando auction's happening. Okay. So if you're in the neighborhood, highly recommend it because it's freaking Sweet. They got a couple pieces of equipment down there right now. Well, uh, I think the number was they get uh, the the few weeks leading up to the auction, 2,000 pieces of equipment every single week. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were there, it was just this, this lineup of low boys with all sorts of random machines on them mm-hmm. ready to go to auction. 
And then we go from, we went from there back to Melbourne to go back to the earthy drilling job because the day before we showed up there, the semi truck blew a tire and they just mm. wrapped up early. Yeah. So we went out there, didn't get anything. So we thought, let's we try it one more time. Try it one more time. Yep. Then from Melbourne, we drove all the way through central Florida over to Naples where we visited Quality Enterprises um, yeah. on Friday and saw their their quarries. I saw 395s digging in water, which mm-hmm. was freaking sweet. And then we saw a dredging job. They had a, a rock cutter on a excavator on a barge next to expensive houses. Mm-hmm. So that was unique. And then we went and saw an, a part of a Everglades, part of the Everglades restoration project and got the car stuck while we were there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, you had posted um, a video of it looked like like really like thin wet concrete or I couldn't tell exactly. Yes, so that was so the the earth earth view runs massive directional drills. So sometimes you'll see these directional drills. They're like these little baby ditch witch rigs on the side on like a sidewalk. Yeah, cute little guy poking holes for fiber fiber lines, telecom that kind of thing. Uh, earth view they do massive, long underground lines. So this one, I think the biggest portion, the biggest run they have to drill is like 7,000 feet under a river of, I think, 18-inch pipe. So they're pulling big pipe uh, over very long distances. Yeah. I know you can take my words and skew them to mean other things. So if everybody's chuckling, (laughs) chortle, chortle, chortle. I'll, um, I'll cut out and make just like a little clip for people to share. Perfect. Uh, and I, I get it. I, 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 when I was in a fraternity in college, I told everybody, what did, what did you do over the summer? Oh, I was laying pipe. They thought that was <laughs> like, hilarious. No <laughs> hilarious. But no, I was literally like, right, no. Uh, um, so they use these massive drills. And because they're drilling far distances, because the diameter of the pipe is is so significant, uh, the the drilling mud that keeps the hole open during the drilling process that that they need is quite significant. Yeah. Um, so to produce the the drilling mud and then to recycle the drilling mud as they drill, they have a separate hole contraption sitting next to the drill that's like the size of a Connex box mm-hmm. that is dedicated to cleaning and um, creating more drilling mud. That then gets pumped back into the drill, and and is reused. Oh, okay. So what what I showed there was there's different. It's like this these shaker decks and and things that take the bentonite with the the cuttings mixed into it, which oh, is okay. the, the dirt and the rocks and yeah. that kind of thing. That they're, they're whatever was in that space before a drill came through, mm-hmm. and it was removing all of the junk from the bentonite to make it pure drilling mud again, which is then pumped right back into wherever the, the drill bit's at. And then, so that that stuff kind of sloughs off into these bins, and then those bins are hauled off. So when you start a project like that, do you have to bring clean drilling mud well, in you, order to you, start? You bring in water. It's just water. And bentonite in like a powder form. Okay. And maybe some... And I'm simplifying here. Sure, sure. Drilling mud is a whole different. We could do, probably science. have a whole episode just <laughs> yeah, we could have about a dr- that. And 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 here's Jeff, drilling mud expert. Okay, <laughs> how how are you doing, Jeff? Let's talk about drilling mud for an hour and a half. Um, 
it's a, it's a whole thing, but really it comes just in these, in, in really kind of a powder solid form mm -hmm. and is mixed with water to create your mud. And I say mud, it's really, a, it's almost like a, like a protein shake consistency. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a, like a kind well, of yeah, a little, it's very goopy. But it's like, yeah, it's like a, like a watered down smoothie. So mm -hmm. it's not quite real chunky smoothie, but so, cause it has to flow sure. quite well, but it's not water. Yeah, I never seen something like that. That was certainly uh, pretty unique for me to see. It's those are the those are the their drills are the only really big ones I've ever seen. They're very rare. They're very very rare. Okay. Now, when companies are doing that sort of of drilling, are they having to like manually fabricate themselves, or are there other companies that make those really really like rare tools? Like that? Uh, it's it's all. I think it was an American augers machine, if I'm correct. Okay. Because doesn't Midwest Mole make some of their stuff themselves? Yes, but they're doing, it's not, they don't make horizontal directional drilling rigs themselves. Horizontal directional drilling is is very specialized and sure. scientific. Yeah. And you can buy all different sizes of machines that do that. And then you can buy different cutting heads that will, that can adapt to different ground conditions. Mm-hmm. Whereas what they do, the larger diameter boring, it's most projects are quite custom. So that's where the fabrication Got comes it. into play. Okay. Okay. But they okay. do horizontal directional drilling as well. Uh, and they don't, they, they buy. And they're rigs. making tunnels and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Horizontal directional drilling is typically, uh, maybe it's like up to 30, 36 inch. I mean, maybe you could do 42. And I'm speaking out of my ass right sure, now. But sure, sure. It's typically not anything huge. You're going to start to really limit yourself at okay. a certain point, mostly because, and I know they've done massive poles with huge rigs. I know those exist like in China, but you're, you're, you're just starting to limit yourself because uh, the greater the diameter of pipe, the more surface area you have on the, on the outside of the pipe. And then over a longer distance, you have all of that surface area, uh, rubbing against the soil, which is creating friction. And so you need a drill big enough to overcome that friction force. So the, the bigger the pipe, the longer the distance, the more friction you're encountering, the bigger the, the drill you need. Mm. And it only gets to a certain point where you're just, you, you, you either don't have the power to pull something like that through, or you need to use stronger and stronger pipe because an HDPE, for example, will just rip in half. Because there's so much force on yeah. that pipe as it's getting pulled through. Dang. But yeah. it's cool because you can, what they're doing is they're installing an 18-inch water line under a river. That's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. You can't do that with open cut. Good luck. How far are they having to dig down before they cut across? I don't know how far, but it's typically, it's not that deep under. You're, you're going to be maybe 100 feet under the bottom of the river. Okay. So you're not going way under. I, Again, full disclosure, I am I am not speaking factually whatsoever. I'm just making my get best guess here. But you start at surface level. So you start at, at the drill is obviously sitting on the surface. Yeah. You have your your reception pit, which is starting at the surface, and then you'll you'll cut the pipe a little further down the road when it's at the proper depth that you need it to be there. Mm -hmm. And then you'll if you're going under an obstruction, for example, uh, like a river, you'll you can dive under the river and then come back up at the other side of the river because you're steering the bit. You're steering the drill as mm -hmm. we go. So it dives under 
the river and then comes back up to the surface at the other side. So it'll be kind of a U. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, another thing that's been pretty fun around here, um, had a big leadership team meeting with the BuildBit crew here. We have a leadership team meeting, but what we were talking about when we sat down for this podcast was there is a conference room chock full of people, chock full. Like they had to pull a bunch of more chairs in there mm-hmm. to get more people in there. I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know those people. Yeah. And they all work at this company. They do. They do. Which is a really, really weird, like very exciting, very fun. I'm super grateful, super excited to get to know them, but really weird phenomenon. Kind of, it's it's bizarre. Because up until this, you kind of know who's coming. Like, oh, great, we're adding Alex to the team. And I spoke to Alex twice now before we got him an offer. And you're super involved in everybody coming on board and you get less and less and less so. And now it's, hey, this person's going to lead this team. Dude. And you're like, what? We just went, (laughs) we went from 35 to over 70 Mm -hmm. at the close of, after onboarding's done, everything's checked out at the close of, of February. Yeah. So in a two-month window, 35 people. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, it is. Fun, bizarre. It's been really exciting. Um, there's been moments where I've been super overwhelmed because that doesn't mean our business just got twice as complex. That means it's got 50 times more yeah. complex with that many more human beings bouncing off one another. and. Mm-hmm. It's starting, I mean, we're really, we're really moving now. And it's fun. It's exciting to talk about. I love all the, like every new person that comes into our business. Yes, more human capital, another human being. I can't wait to see what they can do here and wait to see where they go. And it's genuinely so exciting for me. But also it's like, wow, we t- we've we been talking about it, but it's really happening. And we're really we're really incurring the risk here. Yeah. We're, we're really, we're really swinging, swinging for the fence. And we said we wanted to hire people. Uh, oh, we did. Oh, let's hope this works, <laughs> man. Cause we're building this software product, this training product that we're going to increasingly talk about over the next few weeks and yeah. months, but it's, it doesn't exist yet. Uh, but to build it, you need the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you need to get all the people to go put all of this into place to hopefully make money. But, and we think we have a good plan. But there's there's nothing guaranteed here. We could, in theory, make no money. That's yeah. a quite a possibility. Well, we've we've already sold the product, so we've we've made money. We've at least made a little bit of money. <laughs> made a little bit of money. Man, uh, it yeah, we're just like at an exciting point here. I, so much is happening. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about both internally and, and externally that you know we're it, it's increasingly becoming harder to like know everything that's happening. Can I plug the training product? Please. Um, If you're looking for training within your business or you as a leader individually, you can just go to buildwith.com and hopefully you can navigate our brand new website that talks about the new social app we just launched. Mm -hmm. That talks, and hopefully I'm supposed to talk about that. If not, you guys listening to this are ahead of the curve. Um, and then you can see and, and in real life, look at our training product, look at the tracks, look at everything, you know, samples of the content that's going to be on there. It's, it is really cool. You'll be able to train excavator operators on how to inspect the undercarriage and excavator. You'll be able to train people coming into your business that have never been involved in the construction industry before. 
how to read a grade stake, how to be safe on a job site, what basic industry terminology looks like, all that kind of stuff is going to be in one digital place. It's all going to be micro training. So it's going to be two and a half minutes on how to properly change out the air filters on a dozer. And I don't know if that's actually a thing or not. I'm just... Just just hypothetically. Hypothetically. But eventually, it will be. Yeah. So it's really, really cool for anybody. I think it's exciting for someone that's new in the industry because it's going to it's gonna allow you to accelerate your, your growth. And it's not going to solve all your problems, but it's going to give you a really solid foundation, which is very exciting. And then even if you're an expert, even if you've been operating for 30 years, what I've come to understand is most people, most, most everybody is not actually taught how to run a machine properly, how to do things properly. There's a lot you can do even with it. There's, there's just the best operators I know, they're always learning. They're always looking for better ways to do something. And if we can give you a tool to potentially even, um, you know, just double check, like, am I, am I really using the, this machine in the, in the best way possible? And I know mm-hmm. you have maybe 20 years of data but maybe there's something that you can gain from watching this. And the fun thing is it's all on a digital platform. So you don't have to admit you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you can go there and learn about how to bench load more effectively without having to admit that, yeah, I don't really know how to bench load more effectively. So you can go on there. You can learn how to bench load more effectively in these you know, few minute videos each on an iPad or on, on your computer at home. You can learn about that and then you can go try it out the next day and hopefully be more effective at your job. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, and it's like you're saying it, it's it's micro learning, you know, which it's kind of become a buzzword around here. But but micro truly learning. it's just like digestible piece that you can do something with with the information, with that with a little bit of knowledge from somebody who is an expert. And you know, it we are we're not putting our people as the expert in these in all these training videos. Maybe some because those people are experts, but for the most part, we're seeking out experts in the industry who know, you know, really what they're talking about and they can communicate it effectively. Well, like we're, I think we're filming this week, the laborer track, maybe. And we're using laborers. (laughs) Like they're, they're laborers. We're not using BuildWit. We're not, hey, Alex, go pretend you're a laborer and let's talk about laboring Mm -hmm. in a fucking studio. No, we're going out to a real job site. We're having real laborers explain how they do laboring. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's We're trying to keep it as authentic as we can. We yep. understand. We wholeheartedly understand. One of the biggest criticisms I get is, well, you're not in the industry. You don't work as hard as me, so on and so forth. Yeah, I get that. That's we why we, don't, we that. won't star in these videos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that, man. I understand. I'm not saying I work as... You yeah. bust your ass. I'm not out there in the cold and wet and every day. You know? I'm Yeah, I'm sitting here in a podcast studio. I don't work all that hard, but that's not the point. We're trying to help you out. Nonetheless, we're trying to serve you. We're trying to give you more tools. We're trying to help you solve this leadership problem, help you solve this people problem. If we solve this people problem, everybody's better off. Everybody, everybody in the industry is better off if we solve this problem. We're all on the same team here. We're all on the same team. So people don't get because yeah. of this competitive nature of this industry, because everybody's bidding against each other and everybody's stealing each other's people and this and that. It's like, fuck those companies. Fuck that guy. Fuck this. Fuck that. Hey, we're all on the same team. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. We're not actually fighting amongst each other. We need to stop. We're fighting against, against all these tech companies. 
and the big four accounting firms and Walmart and whoever it is, those are the guys taking our people. Those are the guys taking people and giving them a lot of times totally miserable careers that don't at all align with who those people are. That's, that's what we need to be looking for. And until we're all on the same team, until we're all in it together, we're not going to be able to make progress. We're not. Mm-hmm. So training, build with buildwit.com. It's awesome. I'm going to, I'll link to it in the, in the notes. We've we got some big plans and it's, it's, What's cool is, you know, we'll launch it with a certain uh, amount of content and a certain amount of like learning tracks, but it just make it way it's better. constantly getting filled with new stuff. Yeah, And, like and, and I want to talk about all the, yeah, we got big things and we do have big things, but also I don't want to be that jackass saying, yeah, there's big things in the works here wait. at Build, but just you yeah. guys, we're just getting started. It's not that it's, yeah, there's big shit that we're working on and here it is. So you can check it out right now. Build.com, you can see what we're doing. Yep. Or if you're like, fuck these guys, great. Also cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's is not a not a hard sell here, but it's hey, we're working our asses off to give you what we believe is a very is going to be a very valuable tool based on industry feedback. Yep. Not because we think we're smart, not because we think we have these genius ideas that no one else does. It's no, we've toured enough jobs, we've we've been to enough job sites, we've talked to enough. Operators, laborers, foremen, superintendent, estimators, vice presidents, presidents, company owners. We've talked to all those people, thousands of them. And we've taken all that data together and say, mm, okay, here's a potential solution. Here's just one solution. And it's probably going to be a little shitty at first. It's not going to have everything. It's not going to be perfect, but it's better than whatever exists right now today. Mm-hmm. And hopefully people can make some, make some use of that. And then we're just going to keep iterating from there. So if you're along the ride with us, we're happy to have you. We appreciate you even just listening to this podcast. And we're hopefully going to help you out even further uh, into the future. Yep. Great. A lot of big stuff. Man, just just wait. You know what I'm saying? Oh, just you guys wait. Got a couple questions for the old Dirt Talk podcast. First question from Jack. What do you think the construction industry is going to look like in 20 years? I hope the construction industry isn't um, flailing its arms around and terribly anxious about the whole people problem. I hope within two decades, we can figure the people problem out so that we can just operate businesses better, so that we can implement better technology. We can build more effectively. We can create better products for society. We can do all the cool shit because we don't have to worry about people. That's what I hope happens in 20 years. I mean, I sh- sure, I can speculate all day long. Oh, I think there's going to be this technology, that technology. We're going to be building this stuff now. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's going to be freaking cars on the moon. <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be but cool. I don't know about it. Um, but I just hope, I'm just looking right in front of us. I just hope we can solve the people problem because it doesn't need to be this perpetual problem. And if we can figure it out, Life for everybody here gets a hell of a lot, a lot better. And then we can take all of our time and energy and dedicate it to other things like implementing technology, like what I just said, building better, like being more sustainable in construction. There's so much opportunity there beyond the people thing. I hope we can figure out the people thing. And over the next 20 years, I think technology is really going to start to change how we build. I don't think it's going to remove the need to move dirt from point A to point B. No. I don't think it's going to make machines autonomous. I just don't see that happening, especially in the next 20 years. 
but it's going to allow operators to be a lot more efficient and effective. Like look at what GPS has done. We're going to have plan sets on iPads so we can communicate a lot more effectively and build more effectively. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be able to take advantage of to do our jobs better. And again, it's not, this technology isn't there to put people out of business. It's not put people out of work. It's to make the industry better. We're, we're moving forward here, guys. It's, it's, we're, we're, at least I'm interested in building better. At least I'm interested in making construction projects more efficient. I mean, come on. And I know that's part of it. I know, I know technology is a part of alleviating that potential people problem. It's not the silver bullet, but it's certainly part of, part of the solution. So I just hope the industry is, is thinking more about sustainably or sustainability. I think that's going to be a big, it's going to be a big area of focus into the future. How do we do our jobs a little bit more sustainably? How are we more thoughtful about how we build um, just the quality in which, in, 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 in what we build and how we build and to build things to last, I think is going to be, and hope is going to be much more important. I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation in the industry. I think there's going to be some players like what happened in aggregate, I think that are going to start gobbling up a lot of other folks. Sure. A lot more vertical integration. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I just, I can sit here all day long and, oh, what's the future of the dirt world going to look like? But reality is I don't even know what tomorrow's going to look like. So what I'm focused on is let's do everything we can as a business to make the dirt world a better place. What is that? that what is our place in making the dirt world a better place? Well, it's attacking this people problem. Let's attack it through a few different things. Let's go help people train more effectively. Let's go tell stories. Let's go potentially help people communicate more effectively. Let's do what we can do to solve this people problem. And then once we've started to alleviate that problem, then we can move on to the next thing. Historically, has um, the dirt world always had this, you know, quote unquote people problem? Or was there a time where it was just much harder to get people into the industry to like, was was that the nineties or I mean, I don't really know. I'm just no, it's, speculating. It's, that's why all these companies don't know what the hell is going on right now. Cause it's been a long time since it was a problem. Yeah. It's, it's never been a problem. They've always, and I'm, and I'm, I'm oversimplifying here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's been points in modern history in which it has been a tight labor market, yeah. but not like this, not like this. And that's, I mean, that's why no one has any idea what the hell to do because they've never had to struggle to hire people. They've never had to. They've never had to reevaluate their entire business model because they just can't find people. They've never had to not bid work because they don't have a workforce. They've never had to potentially miss deadlines because they don't have crews. That hasn't had to happen. And so that's why there's so much confusion. That's why there's so much, I don't know. But that's the opportunity at the same time. Mm -hmm. For us, for any young person in the industry, I'm telling you, this is the best time to be in the construction industry in the dirt world. E- easily, without a doubt. Yeah. If you're wanting to go create new technology, this is great timing. Equipment manufacturer, this is a great timing. If you're a, a new construction startup, starting a construction company, just bought a skid steer, doing driveways, dude, you can go anywhere right now because mm-hmm. if you can figure out the people thing, a lot of companies won't be able to figure it out. All of that market share needs to go somewhere. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You're now on a much more even playing field because all the money and the equipment, the resources, it's starting to have less and less and less power because people, that's where it's coming from. If that goes away, none of the other stuff matters. Mm -hmm. We've talked before 
about um, just over the past year about how um, you know this there's the assumption or the thought that like oh you know young people don't like to work whatever that is there's always going to be some version of truth in that but there's also going to be a lot of misconceptions about that um, but I'm thinking right now from the perception of, you know, these companies, like you said, have never had a problem of finding people and now are like at a state of confusion because they're having to say, well, why, why, why can't we get people anymore? And when I think about it that way, um, I can understand why the reaction would be, well, there must be a problem with the workforce. And I don't mean that as like a, I'm trying to place the blame other. It certainly isn't my problem. It must be everyone else's problem. Yeah. But I, I, I think of it more of as a, well, if we've been doing this the way we've always done it and it's been, it's gone really, really well up till now. And so what's different? It must be the people who are available. Which is a natural, uh, a natural thought. Yeah. And I, I'm actually starting to, I'm trying to work on just empathizing with that position mm-hmm. a lot more because I've been this jackass little kid telling these big ass companies that your guys' model's broken and yeah. that hasn't strangely been well received. Um and so there is a level of yeah, I get you guys are you guys are a little scared right now. This is this frustrated, confused. I know yeah, yeah, it it does seem like these these kids don't want to work, but also just going and and sure, let's recognize that yeah, yeah, there's a problem here. Yeah, the workforce has changed. But also we need to be productive about it because if we're just going to sit in the same room and have the same conversation, every single uh, association meeting about how we can't find people, what is getting done? Nothing is getting done. Yeah. And that's what I've been frustrated about for four years is like, guys, how can't you see this? It's so damn obvious, but I don't have 40 years of history in which I haven't had to do any of this shit and I've made, I've created a very successful business. Yeah. So I'm, you know, dumb enough to think it's as obvious for everybody else. And it's it's obvious to me just because, not because I'm smart, but because I've been to so many job sites, talked to so many people, and I don't have all of those preconceived notions. But it's, okay, great. Let's, let's acknowledge this is a problem. Let's acknowledge the workforce does work differently today than they, than they did 20 years ago. Yeah, this is a different generation. They're motivated differently. They want different things, but they're still human beings. It's not that they are, don't want to work. That's not it. Yeah. And I'm not a construction company. And I'll never say I'm a construction company. And I'll never say that, oh, because it's easy for me, it should be easy for construction companies. But let me tell you, our average age at comp- at, at Buildwood is 33 years old. Average age, 33 years old. We have over 70 people now. We have uh, over, over uh, we, we just did the math on it. Open application, uh, a job opens up. We have 120 applications per position. 120 applications per position. Crazy. We're finding a lot of young people that want to work. And I get it. We're not putting people into a ditch with a shovel to lay pipe. I understand. That's a different ballgame. But these are are still kids that are working hard. Matt was busting his ass with me all, all last week. We were doing 16, 18 hours a day. He didn't bitch about it. That dude's 20 years old. He's 20 years old. But I thought kids were, I thought, wait a minute. I thought kids didn't know how to work. It's just not. And, and if you believe it to be true, it becomes true. Yeah. 
So, so it's, 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 and I'm trying to figure this out. I just haven't quite figured out how to get through to these companies yet. I, I admit I haven't figured it out yet, but it's a combination of, yeah, guys, that sucks. Like this is a big problem, but also let's go do something about it. Let's go do something about it. Because if we can figure this out, we can make everybody more successful. We can make everybody in this room better off. We can make society better off. We can make our people better off. We can get more people in the, let's, 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 let's look at it from a excited opportunistic point of view. Cause that's what I'm looking at this as. Yeah. This is an opportunity, man. This is exciting. Let's go solve this problem. Let's go do it. I wish I had like an old church organ right now. Cause I feel like you, you, you had like a really good rhythm yeah. and like a, I don't know. I love when you get going on stuff like that because like that's coming from the heart. Like that's coming from the gut. And yeah. that's not a, man, I've been really practicing my business spiel in the mirror. No. I can't wait to ha- to have this conversation. See, I was I was thinking about the podcast thing with Joe Rogan, and it, it, it's funny that everybody thinks like they're trying to paint Joe Rogan into someone he's he's clearly not. On this format, you can't really hide who the hell you are, if especially what he's doing with how hard that is. With I was trying to if I'm trying to do an act for three hours with somebody else consistently, maybe I could fool some people. But if you do that for 10 years, there are, there's so much data there to say, well, I don't know this guy, but I kind of know this guy because it's such a vulnerable format. You yeah. can't fucking hide. You just can't do it. And so to think that these people, they're so, they're just so arrogant to think that they can paint him in a complete different manner that doesn't align at all with who the guy is. It's just, it just makes no sense. Like that's where podcasting is cool because it's, you're kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. I was talking yesterday with our our, our marketing team. I, I did a presentation just about Build It Podcasts from their inception to right this second. And one of the the topics I highlighted multiple times is there is this like intimacy that comes with with listening to um, a lot of episodes of the same podcast. Yeah, where it it can. F- it can feel that like you're kind of the third person in the room or the fourth person or however many there are plus you um, that, you know, there's, there's really no hiding, you know, you, it's, it's not like this is a, a 10 minute bit. We've rehearsed it and we want it to look exactly like this. It's like, no, this is just like open, honest conversation. Nobody's really playing a part. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, I mean, that's just what the format offers. Um, but that's also where um, I, th- I think, you know, we're, we're building, an audience of people who care about the things we're talking about, not because we're talking about them, but because they care about the topics. Sure. They care about the dirt world. And yeah. like, that's what we're focused on, man. Um, and so you can't really hide when you're laying yourself out there, you know, when you're laying yourself out there and these, these big media companies, whoever the hell they, they think that humans are not that intelligent. People are smart. People are smart. They pick up on things. They're intuitive. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I think I don't think human beings are given as much credit as they deserve. It's if you're bullshitting people, people are eventually going to pick up on it. Yeah. It might take them a little bit. And there are some, you know, larger psychological um, you know, effects that could that could come into it and and trickery or whatever it is, but it 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 catches up with anybody at the end of the day, no matter who the hell you are, if you're trying to convince people of something that you don't genuinely believe in, mm. whether, no matter what it is. 
It could be at a company. It could be a government. It could be anything. It's going to catch up with you. So hopefully everybody listening knows that uh, the whole make the dirt world thing is uh, make the dirt world a better place thing is pretty, pretty serious around here. And we're pretty, pretty into it, you know? Well, I, one thing I can say is that uh, we talk about it more off the podcast than we do on the podcast, which to me means that it's not a, man, we got to make sure to talk about that on the podcast. We got to make sure we put it out in the world and the things we publish so people know we want to make the dirt world a better place. It's like, no, that's, it's just a topic for us here because that's what we're trying to do. That's all we talk about. Yep. Cool. Well, I, um, I think that's a dirt talk episode. It is a dirt talk episode. Check. Well, um, I really appreciate everybody listening. We've, the, the numbers have gone crazy yeah. this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully there's some new people like, Mathematically speaking, there's either new people listening or someone's listening to these episodes a lot of times over. (laughs) One of the two things. It really can only be those two. One of the two things. So hopefully it's, there's new people here. If there's new people here, we're super stoked to have you. Thank you so much for listening. We genuinely, we're we're genuine. We're so appreciative that you take the time to listen to these two, us two idiots talk Mm -hmm. about the dirt world. Um, Two people that aren't in the dirt world talk about the dirt world. Sure, that's what you want. That's what you want to listen to. Uh, we're we're very thankful if you if you can review the podcast on Apple Podcast. It's a huge help. If you have questions or thoughts, send them to dirttalkatbillboard.com. We would really really love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. If you have anything Please. to physically send, phys- physically send it into the Buildwit office, fourteen hundred Adams Street, uh, Suite two hundred two, Nashville, Tennessee, three seven two zero eight. If you want to come say hi to us, there's somebody here. Five days a week now, which is pretty yep. exciting. So stop by the office. Look us up on Google when you're in Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to to hear from you. Yep. And uh, until then, we'll we'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Stay dirty. Thanks, y'all.